Continue in that attitude of worship here. Just to allow the Spirit of God to uh, do a work in you here. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. healing bring deliverance hallelujah father thank you lord your spirit is active today hallelujah thank you we thank you that your your spirit is always moving bringing about a transformation in our lives, molding us into your image. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for the things that worship has stirred up within us. Thank you for the ground that has been tilled in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. One of the things that the Spirit of God does is uh, He can move on an individual if God is, uh, or will give them a fresh uh, a word just to encourage the body of Christ. Um, and just, uh, I want to release you this morning. If you feel like God has given you something to encourage the body of Christ today, I'm going to invite you just to come and share that. I believe God's doing something here, um, but I just want to release you to share that if the spirit of god is moving on you right now what it is that god wants to encourage us with we're going to just linger here in this this attitude here for just a bit longer here let god do a little more work thank you lord thank you father thank you father praise you father thank you lord Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Missa, for stepping out. Um, praise God. You know, one of the things that we talked about in Sunday school was that uh, there is an experiential element with the Word of God that God wants us to experience it. And uh, the, the way the body of Christ begins to experience the, the, the depth of of God's presence is when individuals share from their experience the things that they see and and it, it incorporates a different elements God touches all the different senses that are part of us um, you know people uh, comment all the time about how they'll be in a room where really there's not a lot of air movement and in the midst of worship they feel this breeze going across them 
and and God is uh, um, the Holy Spirit is referred to as a uh, as a breeze at times, as a as a wind, and so we uh, we are able to experience that. And uh, there's a there's a smell that is sometimes present, and and God gives visions. Um, and I'm so thankful when people step out and share those because it brings the, the depth of God's presence into uh, our midst and allows us to experience God's Word in a new way. And so thank you very much. Worship team, thank you. I appreciate your, uh, your service, your, your sharing of yourselves. Uh, wow, just um, was tremendous. Thank you. Yeah, give, give the worship team a hand. Thank you for... Uh, for practicing, for doing the work. Praise God. All right. We are continuing on with our Beatitudes series. And uh, I tell you what, I have been sharing, preaching the Word of God in one form or another for over 30 years. And there have been certain series that I've gone through that have been more... um, transformational for myself personally you know when I when I bring the word of God I, I share from the depth of my uh, experience from God's word and so uh, and some some messages actually grab me differently trans there's there's a process of transformation that is going on in the midst of this during the preaching um, during my preparation and uh, this series uh, and I've preached the Beatitudes probably you know I don't know 20 or 30 times over those 30 years. It's, it's normally a series I'll try to go through at least once a year just because of some of the, the things that God is doing inside of me on those things. Um, but this series, this, uh, this year has been, uh, it's really pushed the boundaries of things. It's, uh, and, and it's partially because many of you know in the journey that I've talked about over the last year and a half that God has been breaking down some of the the walls and boundaries that I've established and operated under for most of my life and God's been breaking those down and so it has allowed this message this passage of scripture to find a new uh, depth of of growth in my own life and and I hope that for you personally it is is done a similar work uh, today as I look at Matthew 5 8 says, God blesses those who are, whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would continue doing the work in us that you began through worship. Really, that you've been working in our lives over this last four or five weeks, six weeks. You've been doing something. You've been bringing transformation, and we thank you. We pray that you would bring uh, a completed work to that. And so, praise God. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, one of the most important lessons that we can learn as a follower of Christ is that God is more concerned with the internal work, not just the external. Now, I remember when I first got in ministry... Uh, you would not ever see someone in ministry without them being in a three-piece suit up here. How many of you remember back in those days? You know, the, the, the minister, I mean, they were decked out and everything. You know, they, they had, you know, they had to make sure they present, they came and they printed, they brought it, um, uh, you know, back in the, uh, you know, Old Testament, back in the New Testament, the, the, um, the minister, the, the priest would have a robe, a, a special robe that they would wear. And uh, it was, uh, there was this presentation of, uh, of cleanliness, of wholeness. I mean, if you ever read through some of the, uh, uh, the processes that a person had to go through in order to enter the Holy of Holiest, um, they had to be clean. There was this, this ritual that they had to experience because... And for them, they believed the external was a work, you know, that it really showed what was happening in life. And, and I'm not saying that there isn't a level of truth to that. But what I'm saying is, with Jesus, one of the things that Jesus began to emphasize is um, the work of the heart. 
Because it is, it is not enough that you come to church looking good. Now, you guys all look good. But it's not enough. You could all be in, in, in special suits, tuxedos, long gowns. You could be sitting here decked out to the nines. And your hearts could be as filthy as can be. See, that's why Jesus began to do a work internally focusing on the things that are going on inside. Now, I am, I am wise enough to know that even though all of you may be here and you may smile and you may laugh, um, some of you have stuff going on on the inside that um, is uncomfortable, is difficult to deal with. I, I just know that. I know what's going on inside of me. Now, I, I have the, you have the benefit of hearing a lot of things that are going on inside of me. You see me break down, you see the tears, you hear the, the emotional traumas going on at times, and, and so you get to experience a little, just a small portion of what's going on inside of me, but you don't get to some of the more emotional outbursts of anger. You know, I, I keep those for the privacy of my, you know, my office or, you know, out in the woods, you know, where no one's around and I can scream. Have any of you ever just felt the need to scream and you did it? Okay. It is therapeutic. Let me just tell you. <laughs> Sometimes you need to try it. You need to get somewhere where you, some, no one's going to look at you. And you just let it out. Because there's things going on. And we need to learn to deal with this anger inside of us. And that's one of the things that God's been helping me to process is this emotional turmoil going on inside of us. So we have to work on those things. Matthew chapter 23, verses 25 and 26 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Now last week we talked about the woe. You know, it means you better wake up and pay attention to what's being said. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and of the plate, but inside they are full of extortion and, and rapacity. rapacity. Uh, you blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup, and of the plate, and the outside also me, that the outside may also be clean. So he's saying, listen, the aim of Jesus Christ is not to reform uh, the manners of society, but to change the hearts of sinners. You know? <laughs> this world will never align to the standards of God, because you know what? That's not what God's about. You know what? There was a day and age where God was respected differently in our society, but it has never been 100% endorsed by society. And God is not as concerned about that as he is about the things that are going on in the hearts of individuals. So when we look at what God is doing, we need to understand our prayers need to be that God would touch the hearts of sinners, that God would minister to the broken, that God would bring healing to those that, who, who are in the midst of some level of sickness, because those are the things that move the heart of God. Matthew 5, 27 and 28 says, You have heard that it said, You shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks that a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. See, God is concerned about the heart. And there are things going on in our society not because of the acts that people are doing, but all the things that nobody ever says that are going on inside. Have any of you ever had a thought? Now, you don't have to raise your hand on this. I'm releasing you from that uh, but have you, any of you ever had a thought, man, I just would love to go up and punch that person? Um, I, I remember coming out of Walmart, and I'm heading to my car. Now, you, you know, it's not one of those, well, it probably is one of those weird Walmart stories. Um, but I'm heading to my car, and um, two or three cars down, there is this lady, older lady pushing a grocery cart in between these two cars, trying to get to her car. And this gentleman comes out of Walmart and sees, and he begins cussing and swearing and yelling at her so that because he was so afraid she was going to nick his car. And I mean, he was, he was literally berating her. <laughs> now listen, I wasn't always a Christian. And um, growing up, me and my brothers had a way of dealing with people. 
especially if we had no idea what their physical ability was. And I literally went to my car and I picked up the first big thing I could find and was heading over and the Lord stopped me. Praise God for God's spirit. And I have no idea where this came from. I can't tell you the last time I actually wanted to pick up something and go over and hit somebody. Um, And God moved on that situation, and this gentleman began to change his tone, and he apologized, and everything was good. But I praise God for his spirit. But I'll tell you what, inside of me, and and I recognize that there is this constant battle inside of me that I have to bring that level of my life into submission to the spirit of God, because there are pieces of who I am that I don't like. And so if I don't choose to show restraint, those things will rule. Those things will reign. And so I have to focus on them. God is concerned about what is going on in my heart. God is concerned about what is going on in your heart. And when you have things that are going on that are bringing about thoughts that are leading to actions that are displeasing to God, God is concerned about those areas. The heart is what you are, and the secrecy of your thoughts and feelings, the things that nobody else knows about, see, that really is a picture of who you are. What you are at the invisible root matters as much to God as what you are on the visible branch, is one quote that I read this week. What you are at the invisible root matters as much to God as what you are at the visible branch. 1 Samuel 16, 7, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. God is is really looking at a transformation of our heart. Because God realizes, God recognizes that when he focuses on our heart, when he brings transformation through our heart change process, we need a heart transplant. You know, our society is amazing. Our doctors are amazing in that now they have the ability to go in and do a full heart transplant. Um, but you know what? God's been doing that for a long time. <laughs> God, God's been focusing on that a lot longer than man has ever had even a thought process. And the thing is, when God does it, uh, he has the ability to bring a new heart, you know, a fresh one. And so today, as I, I, I illustrate this for us today, I, I need four volunteers. Four volunteers that are willing to help me illustrate this message for us today. Do I have four volunteers? Okay, Constance, you're always a good one to volunteer. Go ahead and come on up here. Paul, come on. Gabriel, Fred. All right, we got four. Thank you. I love the men of our church that they're not afraid to step out and, uh, and put themselves on the line. So what I want you to do, I want you to pick up four treasure chests. Any, any four you want. Now, let me just tell you, each one of us, have our hearts have how many chambers? Four. four. I was hoping you'd realize that. That's why you get four treasure chests. Now... We have, in these treasure chests, I have planted four treasures. Now, they don't know what they've picked up, right? So I want you to understand. (laughs) There are things about what you're going to realize that we've stored in our hearts that are not always comfortable to deal with. And so... um, Actually, I have, let me see, I've got two more. I need two more people. I need six, because I want to use all these. All right, Caleb, come. And Seth, look at, look at this. Men, well done. Thanks, ladies. All right, so now. Now, work with, now, now don't be offended at what's in your heart. Now, sometimes you're, you're going to share with us what's in your heart. Now, realize that I'm not telling you these are actually in your heart. But what I'm saying is sometimes you're, people are going to have the benefit of seeing what's in your heart today because you're going to share that with them. <laughs> you know what? 
um, the truth is sometimes you're going to find out that some people give us some treasures that we don't want to carry around. And so, uh, Gabriel, I'd like you to start us and open up your treasures, and I want you to tell me what's hidden in your heart today. All of them. All of them. The first one's lying. Uh-oh. Love. Humility. Oh, you got Good. some good trash. Yeah. And generosity. So Look at that. Good. See, good Paul did pretty good for you, <laughs> he didn't he? Actually, he did pretty good. All right, Fred, what about you? I have uh, slander. Uh-oh. <laughs> Murder. Murder? Uh-oh. I'm going to hit my knees. I know. Pride. Mm. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Hope. All right. Perseverance. All righty. See, some of them we like. Obedience. Oh, wow. See, look at those are things you can be glad to have as treasures. Yeah. Theft. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wallets and adultery. Uh oh. Manipulation. Uh oh. That ain't me. Amen. <laughs> Anger. Uh huh. Joy. Uh, sexual immortality. Immorality. Uh, immorality. I'm sorry. All right. Thank you. I have patience. Hey, you have what? Patience. Patience, all right. Dis disturbance. Disobedience. Disobedience. Control. Control. And hatred, hatred of, of sin. Hatred of sin, all righty. Cruelty. Meekness. Got the opposites. Clean conscious. Peace. Mm. All righty. All righty. Thank you, volunteers. Now, as I was praying this week and I began to lay out these uh, 24 different things, uh, I was reading in Scripture and how God's Word began to call out these in our heart. See, all of these areas, all these issues emanate from our hearts. Now, we like that people can't and see what's going on in our heart most of the time. We love it when people see the peace and the hope but we don't, we don't like it when people see the, the, the murderous thoughts, the adulterous thoughts, the anger, you know. We don't like that, those things, but you know what? They, they come out of our heart. And when those things are permitted to find a, a place of taking root in our lives, they will begin to produce in us things that we don't like. See, that thought process that I shared with you regarding um, Walmart, that was an old way of dealing with problems. And had I not listened to the Holy Spirit's voice, I would have acted in a way that I would have regretted later, and it would have made me uh, question a lot of things about my faith. Matthew 15, 18, and 19 says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a man. Matthew 12, 33, and 34. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks 
Church, it is these things that are going on inside of us that are beginning to create problems for us. And when Jesus says, blessed are the pure at heart, he's, he's saying individuals have, who have been willing to allow the work of the Spirit of God to bring a transformation into our lives. What we are in the deep private recesses of our lives is what he cares about most. Jesus did not come into the world simply because we have bad habits that need to be cleaned up. You know, he doesn't like our bad habits, but he's more concerned with other things. He came in the world because we have dirty hearts that need to be purified. So today, the question before us is, what is a pure heart? What is a pure heart? Because after reading these things, now, you can imagine if you were up here, and some of you probably thought, as, the, as they were sharing these different pieces, you thought, oh, I've felt that in my heart before. I've had that thought before. I've experienced that before. That's why we all need to go through this process of purification on a regular basis. See, the word pure had various uses um, when you look into the Scriptures. Um, it was used for soiled clothes which had been washed clean. It dealt with an army of soldiers which had been purged of discontented, unwilling, cowardly, and inefficient soldiers. It had also been used of metals that had been refined until all the impurities were gone, leaving only pure silver, pure gold, whatever it was that they were purifying. And, and that process of purification, in order for the impurities to be able to come to the surface, the, the gold, the metal would be heated up, and the, the greater the intensity of the heat the more impurities would come to the surface. And there would be an individual with this, this scoop, and he would, he would get clean off all of the impurities out of it. Now what would have been silly was to go through this process of purification without a removal of the things that were wrong. Let me apply that for us a little bit. God may deal with you in an area of your life that you have an area of shortfall and a downfall in. Something that is a, uh, uh, it is a sandbag uh, dragging behind you. And he reveals it to you. And let's say it's pornography. And you look at your life and you think, okay, one of the greatest um, accesses I have to pornography is through a smartphone phone or through a computer. And if you recognize, if the Holy Spirit convicts you in this area, and you don't do anything to block that stuff coming in, then what you've done is you've allowed the Holy Spirit to bring to the surface problems, and then you've let it cool down and go back into your life. What value of that? So what we have to do is we have to learn to lock down that piece of our life. Um, we have to in install filters um, so that um, people, so that the enemy doesn't have access. And, and it's not just installing filters. It's installing filters and giving someone we trust those passwords, not us. So that we don't have access to those areas that are a, a problem area in our life. See, that's when, you know, we truly are relieving the enemy of any strength, any power over our life. Is when we, we allow those to be removed and we take away our own access to those things. That's what God is dealing with. God wants us to be clean. He wants us to be pure. This word purity, pure, generally means both clean and unmixed. Clean and unmixed. God doesn't want us to be, have our lives mixed up with the things of the world. There are things of this world that we should have nothing to do with today or ever. That's just the way it is. 
Are you willing to make a clean cut? Are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to bring to the surface the impurities of your life and then allow them to be removed and choose to go and to live differently? In the Scriptures, when Christ adds the word heart to a a topic, He is not just referring to emotions, because that would be really a shallow uh, expression uh, if, if our heart was only about our emotions. In the biblical mindset, the heart refers to the mind, will, and emotions. It's a, it's a broader spectrum. It's a, it's a broader awareness of all the things that are going on in our life. So when God is saying that He wants us to be pure in heart, He wants us to deal with our mind, will, and emotions and bring those all into a place of submission to the Spirit of God. And so this morning I'm going to give you three different areas that we can work on to, be, to deal with Purity at heart. To be pure in heart refers to having an inner moral righteousness. An inner moral righteousness. When people follow God and are born again, God begins to change their heart. It's going to happen. Now I can tell you, my Walmart situation had not happened before that time. In, in probably 30 years of walking with Christ. Now, there's an element of righteous indignation, you know, where you're wanting to go over and defend someone. And I think I, if I would have just walked over there and, and defended her with, you know, uh, in a positive manner, it wouldn't have been an issue internally. You know, if I would have stood up on her for this individual and just walked over and said, that's just not necessary, and, and been beside her and protected her, I think God would have honored me in those things. It's because I went to pick up something <laughs> to defend her. And, and that's where I crossed a line, and God's saying, listen, God wants us to focus on uh, something different, a, a transformation of our heart. He start, when God begins to transform our heart, He begins to get rid of things like jealousy and anger and pride and selfishness, all those things. And He begins to instill areas like humility and love and patience. These virtues emanate from our heart. The more a person uh, grows in these godly virtues, the more they begin to see and experience God in a very visible manner in their lives. So when God looks, when you look at the inner recesses of your heart, what have you hidden there? What has found a place to take root in your life? So several things I'm just going to highlight for you. James 1, 7 and 8 says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. We don't want to be double-minded David talks about that he cherished iniquity in his heart and the Lord would not hear him. How many of you, if you knew that this one thing prevented God from hearing you, that you wouldn't want to do it ever again? (laughs) If If you had one thing that you knew shut down God's ability to hear your cry, David said he cherished iniquity in his heart and God would not hear him. Church, God wants to bring these things that are separating us from him to a place of, of being in the right attitude, the right place. Adultery, you know, I, I opened with that earlier that it's not just enough to say, well, I've never committed, I've never had a relationship with someone who is not my spouse. But Scripture says that if you've thought about it, you've committed it. And none of us like to ever think, oh, how guilty am I because of my thought life? How many times have I brought myself before God and say, God, I thought this, and I'm sorry. In Matthew 23, 27, Christ rebuked the Pharisees in calling them whitewashed tombs, cleaned on the outside but filled with dead men's bones on the inside. Matthew 15, 8, he said, you know, he said God uh, wants us to draw near to him, not with their mouths while their hearts were far from him. 
He wants us to draw near to him with our hearts. When our heart is right, it leads to right actions. It's plain and simple. When our heart is right, it leads to right actions. Number two, to be pure in heart refers to being sincere, free of hypocrisy. Sincere, free of hypocrisy. God doesn't want us to be like the Pharisees in Matthew 6 who did their praying and giving uh, in a very presentation-style fashion. He wanted us to be uh, individuals who uh, focused on doing those things, not to be seen by men, but to experience the heart of God. God wants us to focus on those things that will bring true transformation. God deals with our motives, our thoughts, you know, the things that no one else really gives much credit to. How do we respond when things don't go the way we want or expect? You know, how do you, how do you act when something happens that was not planned? Car breaks down. Someone pulls in front of you, cuts you off. Someone rear-ends you. Someone hits your uh, car, leaves a big old dent in it, and they leave, and they don't say anything. See, God wants the things that, you know, come out of us in those moments to be um, part of the things that he is able to transform. Number three, to be pure in heart refers to being single-minded in devotion to God. Single-minded. I love what Paul says in Philippians 3.13. He said, this one thing I do. (laughs) Sometimes we have too many things vying for our attention. We have too many things we're trying to work on. Um, Now, let me just be honest with you. I know God wants to transform the whole whole being into uh, his likeness, but God is gracious enough to not try to do every bit of it today. Now, I've been walking in a relationship with God since I was 16 years old, and I'm 53 today. Not today, but 53 now. Um, And so in that time, through those years of walking with God, he's worked on different things at different times. And let me just tell you, at this stage of life that I'm in, God works on deeper things. Many times, when we're first into a relationship with God, he works on some of the, the, the more obvious things that he needs us to change. Um, when, I, when I first began to uh, follow Christ in a relationship, one of the first things that he worked on and, and helped me to overcome was my language, which was uh, poor, <laughs> um, which was not edifying. And so we, I worked on my language and uh, I, I changed how I spoke and how I referred to people and, and all those things. And he, and he began to transform and, and other aspects of my life that were not glorifying to God, alcohol and cigarettes and all those things. And, you know, it's amazing what you can get into at 16 growing up in a country school area where everything was, you know, almost paraded around as like, you know, this is the next trophy you get to arrive at. And God... God began to work on some of those things. And, and really, the anger piece came many years later when I was in Bible college. And I really was confronted with some of the anger in my heart, and I thought I dealt with it. Um, and what God says, listen, I've not fully dealt with it because I've not given him access to all the anger areas of my life. Uh, over this last year and a half, year and a half I realized my mom and dad, how angry I was at them for things that they allowed to be part of our home, you know. Uh, And I never thought about that. I never dealt with those pieces of anger before. Um, And so God is just saying, listen, it's a process. We're on a journey together. 
And when I'm done, he said, you know, uh, you're going to like what's presented. So just work with me. And I have. I've just decided that I want to work with him. I want to be presented to him, well done, good and faithful servant. That means I, I need to let him continue to do the things inside of me that no one else can do. So the, the, the real question for us today is how do I become pure in heart and keep it that way? And I think you could probably ask every person that is here today, and they would each have maybe a different answer. But really, when you look to Scripture, I think there is, there is one way that really allows us to address this fully in our life. Psalm 119.9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By taking heed according to your word. God's method of dealing or bringing us to a place of purity in our lives comes with us reading and applying God's word to our lives. Reading and applying God's word. How do we do that? One of, the, one of my favorite passages is out of uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks. So one of the ways that we can begin to be obedient to God is for us to begin to give thanks in all things. Not for all things. Okay? We don't have to give thanks when our car breaks down. Unless you are wanting a reason to buy a new car. Then you can say, thank you, Lord, now I have my reason. Um, we don't have to give thanks when the, um, when the water pipe breaks. We don't have to give thanks when, um, you know, we, we tear a favorite, you know, shirt or coat or whatever. But that doesn't mean that we still can't give thanks to God in the midst of all the things that are going on in our life today. Um, I can give thanks to God because you know what? I got up this morning. Uh, I, gave, I could give thanks to God because, uh, you know, I had good biscuits and gravy for breakfast. You know, uh, actually, I can give thanks because I had biscuits and gravy two days this week. Uh, Tia fixed biscuits and gravy yesterday uh, for us. And so, I mean, that's like, you know, that's like one step closer to God. If you can have biscuits and gravy two days in a row. If, if you're a biscuit and gravy person, you understand what I'm saying. Um, but there's so many. I, I could give thanks to God because I was able to sit with my, my children and grandchildren yesterday and just have a good time. Uh, my, my Saturday morning routine normally is, I, you know, I'm normally the first one up in our home. It's not a surprise, I'm sure, for many of you. Um, so I'm out in the living room, and um, then the buddies, the three, you know, Jonathan, uh, Levi, and Gabriel will come out normally as their mom and dad let them come out. And so the three of us spend about the first hour together. Um, sometimes it's watching um, a show. Sometimes it's reading a book. Sometimes it's them just playing cars on top of me. And it, I am... I am like right next to heaven in that moment because I love spending time with my grandkids. Um, it, is, it is a beautiful thing. And at one point, all three of them were laying on me at different places. And it's like, God, thank you for, for facilitating this. I could never have facilitated this. I could not have made it happen. But God could. So I gave thanks. See, sometimes we have to take more effort to give thanks than we do to complain. Now, what, when you are in a bad situation, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Normally a complaint. Let's be honest. It is easier for people to complain than it is to give thanks because giving thanks takes effort. Complaining, man, you can look around and you can see something you don't like. You know, you can, you can, you can hear something you don't like, whatever. Giving thanks means you have to intentionally focus on something that, that God is doing that you can say, God, thank you. And it, I believe because, number one, God instructs us to do it. When he says to give thanks in all things, it's not as an optionary thing. 
It's a command. So God says, I command you, give thanks in all things. So if we want to begin to walk in obedience to God, we have to start giving, obeying those, those simple things that transform how we act. When we choose to be thankful, we begin to transform our thought processes. I, I've been reading a book that talks about transforming, reprogramming our minds. Because um, I know there are things that are still parts of my thought process that don't align to God's word. And I want to be in obedient, I want to be in alignment with God's word. I believe obeying God's word gives me a direction for my life and helps me make the right choices in all the situations I meet. So if I want to be obedient to God, I have to obey his word. That's why it's not enough. Let me just tell you, it is not enough for you to just get the Bible on Sunday mornings. It is not enough for you just to get the Bible on Sunday morning. And I don't care if you had Wednesday night. Unless you only eat two days a week. Unless you only eat two meals in a week. If, that, if that's enough for you, I guess you might be able to get enough from God in those two meals. But the reality is we need more of God. We need more of His presence, more of His Spirit moving in us. And so I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you today as we prepare to close to begin to, as you read God's Word and you come upon these commands such as 1 Thessalonians 5.18 there where he says to, to give thanks in all things for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. As you hear those things, then you put it into practice that day. That means you might need to have a thankful book that you start recording all the things that you have to give thanks for. And every time a thought comes to your head that is not giving thanks, you have to choose to get rid of that thought and write a thankful thought in your book. You know, Scripture says to take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. So taking it captive means you're going to choose what you think and what you act on. So, there are lots of direct commands from throughout the Word of God where He tells us how to think. Think on these things, things that are good and pleasing and lovely. Things are of good report. Think on these things. So when we think on them, when we allow those things to dominate our life, what happens is we start taking back control of who we are before God. And I believe as you do that, God will begin to transform you right before your eyes. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself thinking things that you didn't realize you could think. Even in the midst of some of the most traumatic and difficult moments of your life. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What you will do is you'll start seeing God move and all the different areas of your life because you're, you've gotten rid of the things that are hindering your ability to see God. I have people tell me all the time, well, how can you see God do those things? How can you see God accomplish that? Well, sometimes it's because it's not that God isn't moving, it's because you're not seeing. You've got poor vision. You've got the wrong set of glasses on. Now, if you were to put on my glasses, you would not do well. Because the magnification level of my glasses would disorient you. You could put them on for a moment, but that, you couldn't actually function that way. And it would be difficult for you to walk around and be able to give thanks to God and see God move in your life. It just would be difficult. But when you allow God to transform you and put on the right set of glasses, it is nothing 
for you to begin to see God move in all these different areas of your life. And so this morning, if our worship team would come, I believe that it is right and appropriate for us to deal with some of these things even today, if the Holy Spirit has, has moved on you, if he, is, if, he is, if he is calling you out in these areas, if there is a conviction in your heart, something that the Holy Spirit is saying that he wants you to make right today. If one of these um, chambers that were, were illustrated, these 24 chambers of the heart that were illustrated, if one of these resonated inside of you and, you, and the Holy Spirit said, ah, You've got some anger. You've got some uh, hostility. You've got some, uh, some uh, uh, fornication. You've got these things going on. We're going to give you an opportunity to find a place to pray here at the altar and begin to deal with those things between you and God. Now, there is zero judgment about why you come up here. Don't let the enemy fill your mind with a, any type of lie that says... Well, if you do that, they're all going to know. Who cares what anybody else knows? The only person you should ever give any concern about is what God thinks of you. Because he's the only one that matters. When you stand before God on the day of judgment, he's going to say, well, what did Caleb think of you? He's not going to say that. He's not going to say, well, what did Isaac think of you? Because it's not going to matter. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been found faithful. I found you that way. I found these things happening in your life. Enter in. You don't have to focus on anything other than what God thinks of you today. Let's pray. Father, we surrender to you today our thought processes the motivations of our heart. Those things that we've hidden so deep in our hearts that we don't want anyone else to know about. We surrender them today to you. Come and open up the chambers of our heart and remove those things that do not fulfill your purpose in our lives. We give you access. We give you the keys to our hearts. Clean them out, Lord. Clean them out. As our worship team leads us here this morning, I just encourage you to come. We're going to go through this one song. And then I'll close this in prayer. This is between you and God. Find a place and deal with those things. Now, if you are not walking in a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've never committed your heart to Him, but you know that the Holy Spirit has moved on you today, and you want me to pray with you to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, today we can do that. I will do that. You can come right here and stand in the front, and I will come and pray with you that God will, will forgive you of your sins and heal you and, and make you one of His children today. But if you need to deal with an issue of the heart, find an altar, find a place to kneel and pray, and surrender those things to the Lord. Worship team, lead us.
thank you we thank you for the revealing nature of the Holy Spirit who has the ability to uncover the secret chambers of our hearts and reveal aspects about who we are that we hope no one would ever know continue to cleanse us pour your Spirit over us. Allow Your Word to filter through us, cleansing, pulling out the things that separate us from You. Bring us to that place where we see Your activity all around us. We just thank You for the refreshing work of Your Spirit in our lives. We just give You all the glory, all the praise in Your name. If you felt the Holy Spirit do something in you today, let me just encourage you, find someone to talk about what God did. Begin to give God thanks that God saw fit to reveal something in your life that He wanted to clean and that you surrendered it to Him. Find someone that you could talk with today. Don't keep it secret because the enemy will use it and say, well, I know you went up and did that, but you know what? It's okay. You can, it's just not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. The Holy Spirit brought it to your remembrance, let you know that he wanted you to deal with it. So um, take care of it. You know, protect yourself. Give someone else some keys to your life. This time, we're going to wait upon you for morning tithes and offering. I want to invite our ushers. Hallelujah. Let's uh, pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the uh, ability we have to give. We thank you for your faithfulness and your provision in our lives. And today we pray your blessing on this offering. Um, Father, help us to continue to do that which you've set before us. And uh, we give you all the praise for it. Give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. After our ushers are through, we just release you to, to uh, encourage one another, greet one another, and um, praise God. Love you guys. Thanks for coming out today.